Hi, everyone. Welcome to Leader to Leader with Jennifer Zock. Today, I'm in conversation with Taylor Nay, a revenue cycle manager at Tegria, dog mom and coffee lover. Taylor has a bachelor's degree in human services from Upper Iowa University, and she also volunteers at Habitat for Humanity. Taylor has used somatic awareness to build her confidence. Take a listen and hear how she went from having the jitters and upset stomach at the thought of speaking up to an overall calmness that helps her speak clearer, get to the point, and lead a more productive conversation. Hi, Taylor. Thanks for joining me today. Hi. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm really excited to have you share your story with our listeners about how somatic awareness has helped you build your confidence because you truly came a great distance in a very short amount of time with your with your confidence. So tell us about that. Yeah, I, I also feel like I've come a really far way in my confidence um, in my role and I feel like really becoming in tune with my feelings um, has been a major part of building my confidence and the, you know, route of building that confidence. It helped me in my role because I was able to become a better leader for my team and those that I work with, Mm -hmm. Um, really just able to confidently lead them in the direction that they want to go, but also help them build their confidence so that all around working as a team, you know, we can be the, the best team that we could be. All right. That is great. I want to unpack a couple of the, the things that you shared here. Number one, it you said you it helps you get in tune with your feelings. Can yeah. you explain? to the listeners who may be unfamiliar with somatic awareness, how you applied it to get more in tune with your feelings. Yeah. So in digging in myself, finding that kind of where my lack of confidence came from, it was kind of a lot of anxiety feelings that I had. So really pinpointing what those feelings were and how I could swing them to, you know, calm those anxiety and and not only in my mind, but like physical feelings too, you know, the the upset stomach or the the jitters, you know, the things that kind of were holding me back. So really pinpointing those items and coming to tune with them and realizing when they're happening and the things that I can do to calm them really helped build my confidence in multiple situations, especially, you know, in difficult conversations, if I'm calmer, I'm able to speak clearer, I'm able to get to the point, and I can say things with more confidence than I would if I were really anxious and having a lot of anxiety about the conversation. Mm -hmm. It really makes a difference in the quality of the conversation, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it, it, leads it in more of a productive manner. Um, and you're really able to have a clear conversation with the other participant. Whereas 
you know, if I'm feeling anxious and I'm not really able to get to the point, they may leave that conversation slightly confused, like what really just happened? Um, I was using a lot of, you know, filler words or maybe just not really getting to the point. Mm -hmm. And it really clears the space between uh, you and the other party of any defensiveness and results in, like you're saying, both of you being able to hear one another better, resulting in a better quality conversation. Yeah, yes, exactly. Is there a specific example of a conversation that you can give a quick summary to the listeners about? I think my biz- my biggest example that I really wanted to work on in gaining confidence is um, having conversations with the client. Um, in my job, you know, that happens a lot of times during the week. And I would go into them feeling very nervous. Um, you know, I didn't want to come across as like, I didn't know what I was doing or, you know, multiple different things. And so my questions that I would ask them maybe didn't make clear sense when I if I sit back and think about it, I knew what I was talking about. I knew what I was wanting to ask, but that anxiety and lack of confidence made it seem as if, you know, I was not really able to get to the point. And so now, I mean, I still have my times. We all have our moments, Oh yeah. but I've found myself in those client conversations, really able to speak clearly, get to the point that I want to get to, and just have an all around better conversation. That's excellent. I want to back up a moment to, you were talking about pinpointing. Yeah. And can you unpack that for the, the listeners, kind of give them a, what steps did you take to be able to pinpoint this important internal information? Yeah. So there's been two tools that I've learned that really helped me the most. And I would say the biggest one is just really asking myself, am I unsafe or just uncomfortable? And just reminding myself over and over that I'm not in a situation where I'm unsafe. I'm okay. Um, I just feel uncomfortable. And really in telling myself I'm safe, I could feel my body calm. So that was the biggest one. And I've began using that in my personal life, even outside of work, which has been such a tremendous help with, you know, my anxiety and other things outside of work. Um, But the other tool that I've learned is sitting in that emotion that, you know, I'm, I'm feeling very anxious. My stomach has like butterflies, you know, Um, and just kind of sitting there and thinking about that feeling for a minute. And then after that minute's up, sitting and thinking of the feeling that I want to feel, you know, the calm stomach, um, the clearer mind, just kind of thinking of the opposite of those anxious feelings. Mm -hmm. And that really helped me understand my feelings more and be able to pendulum swing them in the direction that I wanted to go. Great, great. Let's turn our attention for a moment to your team. And you said that you are, you're teaching your team these tools too. And what 
tell us what you're noticing on your team. What sort of changes are you you seeing in the team collectively as well as individual team members? Yeah, of course. So one of the biggest things that I've been able to teach them is different communication styles. So for me, I would put a lot of emotion and feeling into my communication, trying to make everything seem okay. You know, if you're having a difficult conversation with someone and you feel bad that maybe they are not doing something correctly, say, um, rather than putting that emotion and, you know, it's okay, everything's okay. Um, using the phrase, I understand why you may feel how you do and just validating their feelings, but getting to the point. And that's one thing that I've really passed along to those that report to me and been able to see them put that kind of tool in action with their team members as well. And I've just seen the impact with not only my supervisors, but the team members really being able to get to the bottom of the issue or the the cause of the miscommunication. Um, And so all around, I feel like we're communicating better and we're leaving the conversations, understanding what our next steps are rather than, you know, everything's okay, everything's fine, but we need to do this, this, and this. You know, the conversations are being left with, okay, now I understand my, my report, the person that I report to knows how I feel, but we have to do X, Y, and Z. Very good. And how in the big picture, how do you, how is this affecting the bottom line and the health of your organization? Yeah, I think that it helps in terms of respect. We all have, I mean, we all had respect for each other, but um, we all, the feeling of it is there now, you know, my Again, like I said, I, I'm feeling like I'm showing my supervisor in a way of saying, I understand why you may feel that way, that I'm validating their feelings so that that respect is there. But also in the bottom line, we're able to get down to the work. You know, we're here to do a job. And so I think that as a team, we're able to move forward in what we need to do to best serve our clients. And most of the conversations are directed in a way that we can be the best that we want to be for our clients, rather than, you know, filling them with extra, filling those conversations with extra things such as feelings and, you know, all the other things that were going into them beforehand. And speaking of the client, have they expressed noticing the change in behavior? And if so, what have they communicated? So I think that the conversations that are taking place in the team um, wouldn't really be client-facing okay. things. So it's not something that they would really see. It'd be okay. cool if I could say yes, though. <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> They're just internal-facing conversations for the most part. All right. Yeah. And that that is still so important because that what happens internally affects the the customer, the client externally. Yeah, so everything. Kudos to you and your team. <laughs> <laughs> As you were talking there, it reminded me 
of a presentation that I'm actually working on for another organization who have asked me to come in and talk about reclaiming the the human element in their organization because they are all so busy and so stressed that their communication has become very transactional mm-hmm. and it's taken the human element out of it. And I'm so grateful that they've noticed that and yeah. that they want to address it. And mm-hmm. so that's what I heard in when you said the feeling is there now, it's as if you have reclaimed the human element. Yeah. I, I think Well, first, it's awesome that they've recognized that because that can be huge for a big company or, you know, any company. Um, It can be hard when you're a part of a company to not feel. I think really putting that validation of others' feelings Mm -hmm. is important in the communication that you're having. Yep. We got to validate first. We want our default is to fix and (laughs) really, really can save so much time, energy, money, all of it, so many resources and really build a priceless connection with right there in front of us. If we validate first. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, seeking curiosity and is another big part of it, I think. Yeah. Talk about seeking curiosity for the listeners, because you're you're right. That is truly, truly important. How do you seek curiosity and what have you found? Yeah. So I think that it can be easy to kind of jump to conclusions um, when things come up or happen. And I find it happening mostly like before those difficult conversations where you have to pull someone to the side and you know, maybe they made a mistake in their work or they, they didn't work something correctly. And I think going into it, trying to find their mindset or, you know, why they took the steps they took can help us really get back on track rather than just going into the conversation like, here's what you did, but here's what you need to do and very like direct about it. I think it's okay to be direct in the steps that need to take place after seeking that curiosity and trying to understand what their thought process is so that you can then in turn pinpoint maybe where you need to direct them easier. Excellent. Yeah, because people need three things. They need to be seen, heard, and understood. And if you lead with curiosity, you're leading with that solid foundation that, like you said, is going to get you back on course. And then there will be a place to outline the, the steps that yeah. need, need to happen. And the person is going to be much more able to, to hear you when you've established that caring foundation. Yeah, I think it'd be easier to come to a common ground too if you can kind of understand what their mindset was and why they they thought those were the correct steps. Yeah. Then you can, you know, explain why the other steps are correct and come to that common ground mm-hmm. rather than just kind of completely 
essentially not validating their feelings or their thought process. Right. Because so many things are not what they seem. Yeah. Yeah. There's a million ways to do everything. Right. Right. And I think leaders can learn a lot too with leading with curiosity because maybe there's a teammate that has done something in a way that, you know, a person never even considered and, and maybe it is worthwhile considering. Yeah. Maybe oh, yeah. It could be tweaked. Maybe it could be, you know, a multiple different ways of addressing it. Totally. I agree. Yeah. Just because, you know, say I'm the manager doesn't mean I can't learn something from the supervisor, the team lead, the reps, all of those that I work with, um, just because they report to me doesn't mean I can't learn something from them and vice versa. Right, right. Learning is so, so very important for all of us. And I am reminded of a saying, I might've shared it with you before. It's that when you're green, you're growing. And when you're ripe, you're rotting. And I was just talking with someone that recently about that, since it is the, that I have tomatoes in my garden right now, that they're starting to really ripen and <laughs> kind of lean towards that rotting side of things. I don't want to be on that side. I want to be on the, the green and, and growing side. Yeah. I hadn't heard that before. I like that. Yeah. I like to keep that one in my back pocket. I find it helpful. Yeah. Over this journey of change for you, what would you say was maybe the most difficult behavior pattern to, to break? And how did you break it? Yeah. Um, it's kind of hard. I think the, the most difficult pattern for me to break was being afraid to fail or being wrong in my answer. Mm-hmm. Because it's something that I've always done. You know, if I was in a group setting and they asked a question to the group, I may know the answer, but if I wasn't 100% confident in it, I did not want to be wrong. And so I just wouldn't speak up. Mm-hmm. And um, to break that, I think it just took, it took a lot of practice, a lot of working on building that confidence you know, being in tune with my feelings, but also there was a book that you suggested for me, one of our very first meetings. Um, it was The Confidence Code by Callie Kay and Claire Shipman. And that helped me tremendously because a lot of different chapters in there spoke about, you know, it's okay to be wrong. And in failing, you're learning, you're growing. And that will help you improve. You know, you can't continue to grow if you're not failing. You're not going to learn if you're not failing or you're not wrong at some point. So I think just writing down sentences from that book or highlighting sentences from that book to help me in those situations where I would leave a meeting and I realized I didn't speak up when the answer was right or wrong. Mm -hmm. You prepare for the next meetings to come. And I still have times where I hesitate because I'm not perfect. Nobody is. But there's a lot of times I am speaking up, whether I think the answer is right or wrong. And that has really helped me. 
but it was a very hard personality trait to break. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of people that have that. And yeah. man, does it take a lot of courage yeah. to break that. And there is no confidence without courage. We mm-hmm. have to put our ourselves out there. And you know, that for our listeners, that might sound really, really scary. And I'm wondering, Taylor, if you can share how you might have built, took small courageous steps towards reaching your newfound confidence. Because I don't yeah. think you showed up in a meeting and, and started <laughs> talking no. right away, right? So how did you incrementally lead up to where you are today? Yeah, just by starting in smaller groups, you know, smaller conversations. Maybe it's a one-on-one conversation with someone you're intimidated by because they're so smart and they've been in their role for so long. You don't want to seem like you don't know what you're doing to them. You know, starting with those smaller group conversations leading up to maybe the most difficult conversation for you. So for me, it was speaking up in a client call. I didn't want to look like I didn't know what I was doing in front of the people, you know, the client that I'm the team I'm working for. Um, And so just starting with the smaller conversations of a one-on-one and then jumping up to maybe more of an internal call with another manager or my director. And then jumping up again, you know, just taking those little steps. It doesn't have to be a big leap right at first. And soon I just didn't even realize that I was doing it until I, I spoke about it and I was like, Oh my goodness, I'm sitting here thinking. And I'm like, wait, I'm feeling so much better. I'm feeling so much more confident. It's one of those things. It doesn't happen overnight, but pretty soon you'll just realize that you're actually speaking up. You're not hesitating as much anymore. And Every day, I feel like each conversation, I leave them more and more like, okay, I didn't hesitate. That was really good. Mm-hmm. And there's still a long way to go. And there, I think, you know, I'll always continue learning and growing, but that was a really long-winded response. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it was yeah, great. Just it starting was... in those smaller groups. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, that was a great explanation. And I can see that being very helpful to folks in yeah. Where do I start? Yeah. Yeah. You said that it felt different and people change based on how they feel. Can you contrast for us how, okay. So I think early in the conversation, you talked about that you could feel it, your upset stomach jitters. How do you feel now that your confidence has built when you go in and you realize I spoke my truth? What does that feel like somatically for you? Yeah, I would say going into the conversation, I don't have that. The upset stomach was the main thing for me or, Mm -hmm. you know, feeling very like my leg would bounce a lot. You know, I just, you could feel the anxiety in every point of your body. Mm -hmm. And now, I leave the conversation and I'm not constantly thinking about it. I can leave the conversation and jump to my next to-do item 
or my next meeting. And I don't have that upset stomach. My mind isn't still hyper-focused on one thing that was said. Um, and I don't have those, those jitters really. Mm-hmm. What do you have in place of those things? Have you noticed? Just overall calmness. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'll explain it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is hard to put words to it. And yeah. what I I hear you describing and what is often the case is when we are coming from threat, we are very constricted. Yeah. And when we open up, literally open up to curiosity, then we become more open, more expansive. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well done, Taylor. Are there any final words that you would like to share with the listeners? Well, I guess I could say, you know, just if you're feeling like you don't have as much confidence and you that you want in your job, take it little by little, you know, learn those tips and tricks that you can do. And it doesn't have to be right out of the gate. It's kind of something that happens overnight and take those little steps to just gaining that confidence. Don't be afraid to speak up because it's okay to be wrong. (laughs) Yes. And on that note, I'd love to share what Brene Brown says, this has been so very helpful to me. And I share it with people a lot is that Brene says, I'm not here to be right. I'm here to get it right. I love that. That one. And another one that is really helpful is that, you know, just asking ourselves, what do we want to be right? Or do we want to be in right relationship? with other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay to be wrong. Yes. Just continue to grow and learn. Mm -hmm. Those are both really great. Yeah. Yeah. If we're never wrong, well, then we're not doing much. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Taylor. Thanks so much for being on the podcast and sharing your story. Yeah, of course. It's been fun. Thanks again for having me. Is anxiety holding you back? What physical sensations tell you you're feeling anxious? Pinpoint those feelings, start small, and build your confidence. If you would like help getting started, please book a free consultation at jennifer-zock.com. Again, that's jennifer-zock.com. Thanks for tuning in. Stay curious and kind.